Welcome to the Abundant Life Podcast with Ben Cordes, pastor of Lexington Primitive Baptist Church. Let me ask you, since you began following Jesus, have your friendships changed? Are the people you considered your friends before you became serious in your walk with Christ still around? What about the people of the church? Do you count them as friends? God has much to say about friendship in His Word, about who our friends should be and who our friends shouldn't be, about the character and quality of a good friend, and about how a friend should behave. The Bible even speaks about how we have a friend who has always been faithful to us, even when we were enemies toward him. Today on Abundant Life, I would like to consider the subject of friendship in hopes that we can get a clearer picture of who God would have us to be friends with while journeying through this world. With the knowledge of grace, we will see that friendship takes a deeper, more robust meaning for Christians. You may ask, why should I turn to the Bible for help in choosing my friends? Well, the Bible has much to say about the entirety of our life. In fact, this is what we give ourselves over to in order to teach us how to live our lives. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 through 17 says, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. This lets us know that God would have us to abide by his instruction that is given to us in Scripture, that we might be thoroughly furnished unto all good works. And certainly friendship is and can be a good work. It should be. God has given friendship to us for the purpose of blessing others and others blessing us. So we need to look to God's Word for the instruction on how to choose friends as well. You may also ask about personal autonomy. Can I choose my own friends? Well, when we consider how the Bible gives us instruction and in how to live, it must be because God has a will and purpose for our lives. Though we have personal autonomy, our choices do not always work for our good. However, God's instructions are always for our good. Therefore, we must align our will with the revealed will of God. Consider what Proverbs chapter 22, verses 24 through 25 say. Make no friendship with an angry man, and with a furious man thou shalt not go, lest thou learn his ways and get a snare to thy soul. God is clearly teaching us that there are people who make terrible friends in this world. In this case, it is an angry and furious man. Why is God concerned with us not becoming friends with angry people? It's because he doesn't want us, his children of peace, to take on the ungodly behavior of the world. God reveals an important principle in this proverb, that the character of those with whom we keep company influences our character. If we make friends with abusive, thieving, lying, cursing, envious people, 
we should expect that those sinful traits will also become ours. We cannot be so naive as to think that we are strong enough to resist all influences. This is, of course, a principle and not a rule, since sometimes people are able to influence others for good. And when we are receptive to the qualities of Christian friends, it is good when their righteous behavior influences us. As Proverbs 27:17 says, Iron sharpeneth iron, so a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. Acquainting yourself with individuals who exhibit ungodly behaviors doesn't necessarily make you friends. But before you begin to invest time with people who lack any Christ-like character, consider this from Proverbs 6, 27-28. Can a man take fire in his bosom and his clothes not be burned? Can one go upon hot coals and his feet not be burned? The correct answer is no. We truly have no business making friends with people who walk so contrary to Christ Jesus our Lord. Truly God has counseled us to acquire friends because friendship is good. God is so gracious to give us the bond of friendship to encourage us and to be an encouragement while in this world together. This is why we must be wise in the selection of our friends. Proverbs 17, 17 says, A friend loveth at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. Here we see how God defines a friend, one who loves another with constancy, unwavering love. We truly mustn't call someone our friend if we do not love them. Of course, the love under consideration is the love that we see Christ has for us, named charity, in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Verses 4 through 8 say, Charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up, doth not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil, rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth, beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. Charity never faileth. Friendship with Christ is serious, because love with Christ is serious. Jesus has told us what level of friendship he has toward us. In John 15, verses 12 through 13, we read of Christ's great degree of friendship. He says, This is my commandment, that ye love one another as I have loved you. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Christ's love for his friends was so extreme that he gave up his own life for them. That's his friendship toward us, with a love that has changed our lives forever. After Jesus confesses pure friendship to his disciples, he informs them of how they are to reciprocate friendship to him. John 15, verses 14 through 15, say, Ye are my friends, if ye do whatsoever I command you. 
Henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth. But I have called you friends, for all things that I have heard of my Father I have made known unto you. We demonstrate friendship back to Jesus when we obey his commandments. He assures us of his friendship by acknowledging that he has not withheld anything that the Father has told him. There are no secrets with our friend Jesus. Jesus even demonstrates that honesty is most important in a friendship rather than vain flattery. He affirms Proverbs 27, 6, which says, Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. The Bible instructs us that true friendship works to strengthen one another, even when it is through hearing difficult truth. Though friends ought to speak kindly to one another, there are times when honesty hurts. But a faithful friend isn't there just to tell the hard truth, but is also there to walk with them in assistance. We must esteem the title of friend as sacred, since Christ has made himself a supreme example in what it means to be a friend. It is clear that Jesus Christ would have us to use wisdom when selecting our friends. Who then should I call friend? Truly no one can match the friend we have in Jesus, who tells us every important detail of his grace and salvation, who died in our room instead, who quickens us to life eternal, and has prepared us a home in heaven. Though we know the level of friendship he has with us is perfect, we have work to do on our end of demonstrating our friendship with him. When we keep his commandments, we are showing the world that we are friends of Christ. Through every act of service, in every prayer made, each time we assemble for worship, and in the kindness and mercy and forgiveness of others. This is how we show our friendship to Jesus. This is also how we choose our friends in this world. If Jesus tells us that we are his friends if we do whatsoever he commands us, then I want those who have set their goal in life to serve Jesus to be my friends. These are friends true and faithful, who will encourage me and counsel me in this world. Like the hymn says, The friends that most cheer me on life's rugged road are the friends of my master, the children of God. I have found my closest and best friends are in God's house. And a wonderful fact about having friends among God's people is that differences in age and gender do not matter since we aren't choosing friendship based on shared worldly interests. Instead, our common bond is Jesus Christ, who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I have friends who are 50 years older than me in the church, for whom I would willingly lay down my life. Friendship is companionship, and who better to have as companions in a dark world than the children of light? However, when we make friends of the world, so often it leads us sliding down into darkness and heartbreak. Consider what James chapter 4, verses 4-5 through 5 says, Ye adulterers and adulteresses, 
Know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God? Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. Do you think that the scripture saith in vain, The spirit that dwelleth in us lusteth to envy? Also consider what 1 John chapter 1 verses 5-7 through 7 say. This then is the message which we have heard of him, and declare unto you, that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him, and walk in darkness, we lie, and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ his Son cleanseth us from all sin. Letting go of old friends can be difficult. I've experienced the difficulties of losing friends over the years, but often we find that after leaving old friends and troublesome influences behind, we more clearly begin to see that the people we thought were once our friends were really not true friends at all, at least not according to the Bible's standard of friendship. The Apostle Peter speaks of how the acquaintances a person used to share time with at parties and drunken celebrations how they only wanted friends around so as to really share in the acts of sin. 1 Peter 4, verses 3-4 through say, For the time past of our life may suffice us to have wrought the will of the Gentiles. When we walked in lasciviousness, lusts, excess of wine, revelings, banquetings, and abominable idolatries, wherein they think it strange that ye run not with them, to the same excess of riot, speaking evil of you. Though you have left them behind, as it turns out, they really only liked you because you shared in their misery. As the saying goes, misery loves company. Jesus, however, loves us no matter what. Jesus never speaks evil of us and only works to do us good. He never leaves us nor forsakes us. He comforts us in our sorrow and blesses us with the gifts of joy and peace. Jesus is that friend that sticketh closer than a brother. And he has given to us friends in the fellowship of his church. Though we often look for friends based on what a person can do for us, Jesus did not do that. Instead, he purposed to make friends by giving himself to the children of God. We ought to select our friends in the same manner. Let us look for those who lovingly serve Jesus, and then let us give ourselves for the blessing and encouragement of them, helping and cheering our fellow Christians, and sticking closer to them than anyone else in this world, which will most assuredly be a blessing to you. That brings us to an end today. Thank you for listening, and may the Lord Jesus Christ continue to abundantly bless your life in Him. I would like to thank you for joining us for today's podcast. The Abundant Life Podcast is a ministry of Elder Ben Cordes, pastor of the Lexington Primitive Baptist Church in Lexington, Kentucky. You can contact me by email. My address is Pastor at lexpbc.org. Or, if you're in the area, come worship with us at Lexington Primitive Baptist Church, 
4574 Old School House Lane, Lexington, Kentucky, 40513. You may also visit our website at lexpbc.org.